0: Welcome back to another Daily Walk. And today we want to talk about sin, self-esteem, and repentance. This is an ongoing theme that I've seen a lot of what's going on in society, but it's also been coming up in the book Vanishing uh, Vanishing Conscience, that I'm reading right now by John MacArthur. And um, it's, it got me to, just to thinking about it. I'm not doing anything based on what that book is. It's just something that reading the book has gotten me to think about because we have this general trend of self-esteem in our modern era. And it reminds me back of those good old days when I was a professor. And I remember this time I gave an assignment. And we're doing, I mean, I'm, we're teaching organic chemistry. And I give these students an assignment to write out a, uh, basically a paper as if they were submitting it to the Journal of Chemical Education or one of these other journals, and I gave them all the things. I even, for college students, took them in on a tour through the library, taught them about how to do the various things, and gave them several weeks, constantly reminding them about it. And then one day, it's like, you know, our drafts are due tomorrow. Make sure you get them in. Well, it turned out that one student was actually taking that project seriously. The rest of them thought they could just throw together a draft of a research paper that was basically a long-term paper last minute. And I ended up getting, I ended up getting a whole lot of papers that were either a single page or even half a page, double-spaced with references to Cliff Notes and Wikipedia. I kid you not. And they were written so bad the 7th grade kid or 6th grade kid, I think at the time, I was working with could actually write a little bit better than the majority of the students in there. They gave me these papers and I took them down to the English department and uh, I'm like, what do you think about this? And the English professor took the papers and ran them through a flesh writing score analysis and says, these are actually printing out at the 5th grade writing level. And so I take these papers back to class and I told the class, you guys realize that this is a term paper for a upper-level college course, and if this is the type of work you have on your finals, everybody is failing the class. And I said, you guys are writing like sixth graders. That wasn't an insult. That was an objective fact based on a flesh writing score analysis. And the students got mad at me, and they went and they cried to the university officials, going, oh, uh, he said we write like sixth graders, and the fact is I'm holding objective truth. Now, the end result is every student gave me college quality work at the end because they realized that they were not going to pass a class without actually coming to that reality and changing their ways. But they got hurt along the way in their little psyches because everyone has taught this group of students from the very early age that everything is about your self-esteem and feeling good about yourself. And that is the intersection, the junction of error and problem that we have as we are working with the concept of sin. Because our modern view doesn't want to look at anything as sin. Sin is a negative thing. It is a downside. It is not anything serious that we actually take to. In fact, to call anything sin means you're phobic against that. If you say, Homosexuality is a sin, objectively, in the Word of God. That's, you're homophobic. If you say, I don't want to have the sin of pride. Oh, but how can, how can pride be a sin? you got to feel good about yourself. The fact of the matter is, though, is that we have been so polluted into seeking self-esteem that we do not ever come to see the sin that is inside of our life. And when we fail to see the sin that is inside of our life, we are truly failing to see our need of a Savior. Paul is not concerned about how good you feel about yourself. He is concerned about the sin you recognize inside of your heart. And there is so much... That we could go to in this section that I'm just going to pull out just a couple verses here our main section is going to be from 2nd Corinthians chapter 7 verses 8 through 11 he says for though I caused you sorrow by my letter I do not regret it though I did regret it for I see that the letter caused you sorrow though only for a while I now rejoice Not that you were made sorrowful, but you were made sorrowful to the point of repentance. For you were made sorrowful according to the will of God, so that you might not suffer the loss of anything through us. For sorrow that is according to the will of God produces repentance without regret, leading to salvation, but the sorrow of the world produces death. For behold... What earnestness this very thing, this godly sorrow has produced in you. What vindication of yourselves, that indignation, what fear, what longing, what zeal, what avenging of wrong in everything you demonstrated yourselves to be innocent in the matter. So look at the various elements here. He writes a scathing letter. He corrects them at a point of their theology and they feel bad for a moment. He's sorry he had to make them feel bad in the same way a parent is sorry when they have to spank their child. But we know that the rod of discipline drives the insolence out of the child, and that it does hurt the parent, but the ultimate end goal is the best thing for that child. That's the same thing Paul is saying here. He's, I cause you sorrow by the letter. I do not regret it, though I did regret it. What's it, I did, I didn't, I mean, contradiction, the Bible's contradictions. No, what's going on here is he's not sorry that he caused the regret that leads to repentance. He's sorry that he caused you to have bad feelings at all. But sometimes you have to have the bad feelings drawn into you in order to uh, cause the growth that you need. All right, Uh, for he says down here, Rejoice not that you were made sorrowful, but that you were made sorrowful to the point of repentance. This is how it is with our sin. We have to come to the point where we recognize the depth of our sin. When we understand it, when we stop saying, oh, it's, it's someone else's fault. Oh, it's, it's some other circumstance. Oh, it was the bad policeman. Oh, it was, it was the bad teacher. Oh, it was the bad... No, stop. It's the bad you. It's the bad me. When we come to the recognition of the depths of our sin, we, we become sorrowful to the point where we are so sorry about that sin that we change what we do in response to that sin. When that's the result that we have, that is the type of thing that we are looking at. Okay, so he writes this scathing letter to correct them so that... They don't sit in their error because their error leads to death. He wants them to repent. We need to repent. For only when we recognize the wrong that we do can we actually come to see what is right. The next section we're going to go to is just one of the many explorations of this, uh, but it's one that I find particularly nice. This is from Ezekiel chapter 18, verses 30 to 32. Therefore I will judge you, O house of Israel, according to his conduct, declares the Lord. Repent and turn away from all your transgressions, so that iniquity might not become a stumbling block to you. Cast away from you all your transgressions, which you have committed, and make yourselves a new heart and a new spirit. For why will you die, O house of Israel? For I have no pleasure in the death of anyone who dies, declared the Lord. Therefore repent and live. So our current culture is a self-esteem culture that always wants to build up people to have the greatest possible feelings about themselves they can possibly have. But when all we're doing is being feeling good about ourselves, we become blind to the sin and what it does because we become a victim. Everything else is someone else's fault, someone else's circumstances. We do not claim it for ourselves. And when we do not claim it for ourselves, we can never come to see the error of our ways and we have to become sorrowful to the point of repentance that we take this repentance before God, before Christ, place it at His feet and accept the salvation that He freely gives us. This is what is important. This is how we see repentance Not in the terms of self-esteem, but in the terms of sorrowful to the point where we recognize our sin and our error. Become repentant. Stop blaming other people. Blame yourself, not so that you stay in self-pity, but that you may take that, place it at the cross of Christ, and become a child of God. That is our daily walk for today. I'll go ahead and link that book, The Vanishing Conscience, by John MacArthur, in the comments down below. You can find other ways to help support the channel at ourwalkinchrist.com forward slash support. Thanks for coming along, and I hope that you enjoy your daily walk in our Lord. Thank you for tuning in. Our Walking in Christ podcast is a listener-supported presentation. For more information about how you can help, check out ourwalkinchrist.com forward slash support